On this episode of the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast, we're digging into herbs. Herbs are so easy to grow, they're overproducers, and they're absolutely beautiful. Not to mention, they're so good for your vegetable garden. On this episode, I'm going to share some of my favorite herbs to grow, my favorite ways to use them, and I'm going to give you some tricks and tips along the way. I hope you're ready. This is going to be a good one. Hey Zone 9 Gardener, did you know that you can harvest year-round where you live? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest beautiful vegetables and herbs 52 weeks a year. There's no need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder and creator of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens, and I'm going to show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. We are talking about one of my favorite things to grow, herbs. I love them. They are the powerhouse of the vegetable garden. They are pest preventers. They're pollinator super magnets. They're weed suppressors. And some people even believe that they improve flavor of the vegetables that they grow around. Now, I have never really tested out that theory, but I can tell you from my garden, my tomatoes are pretty tasty and they're surrounded by basil. Now, you might be wondering, what's the rhyme or reason to that? Well, the old wives' tales say that if it goes together on a plate, then it goes together in the garden. So a lot of people will plant basil with tomatoes or oregano and thyme with tomatoes. For me, It's way more about the other uses. I like to have basil around my tomatoes because it's a pest preventer. Pests get confused when they can't differentiate between smells. And pests are opportunistic. So when they can't figure something out, they simply go somewhere else. And that's exactly what you want them to do. But at the same time, That basil is going to attract pollinators, pollinators that are going to start off on your basil flowers and make their way right on to your tomatoes. So the more pollinators you have, the more fruit you get. This is a win-win with herbs because as they deter pests, they also attract the pollinators. Do you know what else they do? They suppress weeds. Herbs are naturally going to spread into the space that they're given, and because of that, they don't give weeds a chance. This is going to make your gardening so much easier. Have I convinced you to grow herbs yet? (laughs) I hope so. Let me now help you choose the right herbs for your space and for your needs. There's annual herbs and perennial herbs. There's medicinal herbs. There's herbs just for beauty. There's herbs for culinary uses. And you can use a lot of these herbs for all of the above. Selecting the herbs that you're going to grow is not really a difficult task. Selecting the herbs that you're going to leave out is much more difficult. I want you to think about the right herbs for your garden. Annual herbs are super easy to just kind of play around with because at the end of the season, you're going to take them out. 
Whereas perennial herbs will grow back year after year for you. So kind of like where they go is where they go. You don't want to put these perennial herbs in the middle of your bed. While it might work well this season, when they die back and they're just underground taking up space, it's going to be space that you can't plant in. For that reason, I like to put my perennials on the outside of my beds. I put them around the edges and in the corners and then also in pots and sometimes directly into the ground. Perennial herbs are hardy, and while sometimes they do die back in a frost, they generally bounce back really quickly as soon as the spring sunshine starts coming back around. You won't need to buy these herbs over and over again every season, but be mindful of where you're going to plant them. Annual herbs are a little more easygoing. You can plant them just about wherever because about the time they start to show signs of being ragged and done with whatever season it is, it's time to pull them up anyway. You can always save their seeds and plant again the following year. I love a mixture of both. Rosemary, oregano, thyme, lemon balm, all are perennial herbs, and I've had them in my garden for many, many years. So the real question here is, what are you growing these herbs for? Are you just wanting to attract some pollinators? Do you just want to make salsa once or twice with a little cilantro, garnish a few dishes with some parsley, maybe do a caprese salad with your basil? If that's the case, you really just need probably one plant of each herb you choose. Herbs go a long way, and they are what we call cut and come again. The more you cut them, the more they grow. But if you're really looking to do something on a bigger scale, like grow them for medicinal purposes, or you've got a project that you're wanting to use, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, you may need more than one. Or you may need to let them grow for a full season before you start really harvesting. Either of these options is totally fine as long as you have a plan for them. Just like anything else in the garden, the plan is where it all begins. Have you ever wanted to grow your very own backyard medicine cabinet? I'm going to show you exactly how to grow herbs for medicinal purposes, how to choose herbs that you can add to your garden this season, and how to discover new uses for the herbs you're already growing in my brand new class, Growing Your Own Medicinal Herbs. This class is open for registration right now. Learn more at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash spring. Now I want to give you a few of my favorite herbs to grow in the spring and summer season. We've talked about my first favorite already a little bit, but it's worth just repeating. It is a non-negotiable in a wild child garden. Basil is the most sought after, easy to grow, most variety to choose from herb I have ever grown. The gardeners I coach absolutely love it. It is a pollinator magnet. It deters pests by confusing them because it smells so strong. The flowers are amazing and it's just fun to grow. 
pesto is super easy to make, and it's just one of those herbs that you can't get enough of. Here's another reason why I love growing basil. I'll pick one variety and go ahead and plant it in my garden. And then once the weather warms up and it starts really growing, what I love to do at that point is give it a good haircut. And then I use those sprigs for bouquets all over my house. Now, I have an ulterior motive here that I'll share with you. While the bouquets are gorgeous, and they definitely are, my ulterior motive is that basil roots in water really, really easily. So what I do is I take all these basil clippings, I put them in little bouquets all over my house, my house smells amazing, my nightstands are gorgeous, and my basil is rooting. So then once the roots develop after a week or so, I just take those cuttings and put them right back into my garden. More basil for me, more pollinators to come, fewer pests. Another must-grow herb for me in the summer is mint. And the reason is because I love to create mocktails and cocktails all summer long. Mint is a staple in all of my beverages I love to serve, and my family has grown accustomed to being served themselves. I love to grow mint, but here's the thing about it. You cannot put mint directly into your bed or you will never be able to grow anything else. Mint is invasive, so make sure you put it in a nice large pot, keep it well watered, and enjoy mint all summer. Some of my very favorite memories are drinking what we call boat punch, which is a super fun mocktail that includes mint on the lake all summer long with my family. Cocktails and mocktails are always in season, and you can find some of my favorites in the coming summer issue of our magazine, In Season. You can learn more about this magazine and how to get your copy at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash in season. Now, speaking of mocktails, have you ever created lemonade with lemon balm? This is my third favorite must-grow herb of the summer season for this reason right here. You can create your very own lemonade simply by steeping lemon balm leaves in a pitcher of cold water overnight. Add a little honey and it is divine. Throw some blueberries in, even better. Maybe you even want to add a little mint. Mint is always good for any cocktail or mocktail, trust me. Here's the thing about lemon balm. It's a perennial herb, so you want to make sure wherever you put it is where it can stay. But also, to make a lemonade mocktail from lemon balm leaves, you need several branches of them to steep overnight. That means that if you're planning on doing this every couple of days, you may need a few plants. For this reason, I would have a few in pots. Usually, I have about four to six lemon balm shrubs growing around my yard in any given season. That's a lot of shrubs, but we drink a lot of lemon balm lemonade. A few more herbs that are must grow for me are roselle, yarrow, 
and chamomile. I'm going to be digging much deeper into these herbs in my Growing Your Own Medicinal Herbs class. If you haven't already, sign up for this class. It is going to blow your mind. To give you a sneak peek, I have included for you a download from this podcast, and it is my very own recipe for Roselle Hibiscus Lemonade. Yep, you guessed it. You're going to use those lemon balm leaves and Roselle to create a delicious summer mocktail. Last year was my very first time growing Roselle hibiscus. I learned about it from one of the gardeners in the Wild Child Garden Club. Now it is a must grow for me in the summer. I'm going to be sharing more of those must grow herbs in my class, Grow Your Own Medicinal Herbs, and I'm going to share with you how I like to use them. No old school medicinal herb gardening. If you enjoyed this podcast today, you will definitely love the class. Some other things I love doing with my summer and winter herbs, in addition to those herb bouquets that I've already told you about, which are absolutely my favorite, I also love making herb butter. Herb butter is so much fun. It's delicious. It's a great gift for any holiday, and it will always knock the socks off of whoever is the lucky recipient. Same thing goes for herb-infused bath salts and herb-infused oils and vinegars. There are so many things to do with herbs. There is no way I would not have a garden full of them every single season. Building a medicine cabinet is also super fun, and that's not even counting just all the ways you can eat them. Trust me, you're going to want to have plenty of herbs in your garden this season, so let me really fast tell you how to dry and store them the wild child way. Okay, so this is really simple, just like everything else we do. Not complicated at all. You're going to give your herbs a really good haircut, cutting back all the stems that you possibly want. Typically, this is done at the end of the season, but if you want to do it mid-season, totally fine too. Just make sure you leave a third of the plant behind so that you can still get more herbs. You're going to take the stems, tie them together, and place them all in a brown paper bag, canvas bag, any sort of bag. You're going to leave them hanging upside down for a couple of weeks in a dry place. After a couple of weeks, give that bag a good shake. If you can feel the herb leaves fall off of the stem, they're dry. If not, give them another couple of weeks and shake again. Once you start hearing those leaves fall off of the stems, then shake, 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 shake to get them all dropped into the bag Open up the bag, remove the stems, and you've got your herb leaves in the bag. Then all you have to do is just crush them or put them straight into a mason jar and save them in your pantry for many, many seasons to come. You can learn more about drying and storing herbs the wild child way at a blog post that I have linked for you inside of the show notes. There's images and step-by-step instructions to help you get all of those herbs dried this season. 
I hope this podcast has been helpful to you as you start placing all of these new exciting herbs, maybe some that you've never even grown before, inside of your garden this season. Don't forget, growing your own medicinal herbs is live. We would love to have you join us. Registration is open. Don't miss this class. It's going to be so much fun and open your eyes to your very own backyard medicine cabinet. I hope to see you inside. And until next week, keep growing. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Garden at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time. Thank you.